Since 2010, many of us Montana residents, business owners, sportsmen and women, and conservationists join forces under the banner of Montanans for Healthy Rivers to identify and conserve the last best free-flowing rivers in Montana. Some of the greatest river stewards and boots on the ground helping to protect our rivers day in and day out are guides. From a guiding perspective, I can tell you that sustainability and preservation is my ultimate goal. My name is Kinsley Scott. I'm a Montana native and guide, and I have been with Montanans for Healthy Rivers for years now. Welcome to River Ramble Guides Edition. In this series, we will hear from guides and outfitters from across the state in various regions of the proposed grassroots legislation Montanans for Healthy Rivers Coalition is currently fighting for. The Crown of the Continent proposal would protect 200 river miles in the heart of Montana, and the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would preserve an additional 336 miles of river within the pristine Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Today we are chatting with a beloved Missoula-based outfitter and one of Montanans for Healthy Rivers' original supporters, Russell Parks. Russell has spent decades working on one of the most prolific trout streams in the West, Rock Creek. He is here to share why protection of this vital watershed is not only so important, but much needed. Good morning, Russell. Hey, Kinsley. How's it going? I am well. How are you? Yeah, we're doing all right. You know, just wrapped up the hunting season. Got out there in the mountains with my daughter quite a bit. Always love doing that. And now it's on to your outfitter logs. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Now it is log season. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. And today we are focusing on one of the most important tributaries for us here in Western Montana and kind of within the Clark Fork drainage. Rock Creek is a world-class blue ribbon trout stream. And for us here, it provides some of the healthiest spawning grounds and rearing habitat around for our trout. And this is such a special valley. It, it has a rich, almost quintessential Old West history full of mining, logging, ranching, homesteading, and today it's one of the most fished areas and sought-after areas in Montana. So Russell is here today to speak up for this vital lifeline and to share his experiences on the creek from over the years. So Russell, for those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, let's see, moved to Montana um, the end of 1999 and um, moved here with my lovely bride for her to go to grad school and uh, we've never looked back. It's been wonderful. Started guiding in 2002 and um, can't think of a better place to be living and raising a family and enjoying the outdoors. Absolutely. And so nowadays, what rivers do you spend uh, the majority of your time on? Um, most of the time we're over here around the Missoula area, um, Bitterroot, Blackfoot, Clark Fork, Rock Creek, and we jump over east of the divide, sometimes over the Missouri and mm -hmm. Yellowstone and Big Hole, those kind of areas over there. Enjoy getting over to sea. Rock Creek, though, how, how long have you been not only fishing Rock Creek, but also guiding? I understand you have one of the uh, Forest Service permits for kind of the, you know, below the, the forks or uh, 
Gillies Bridge. How many days do you run in a season on, on the creek? Um, you know, Rock Creek was one of those first areas that I started um, exploring when I got here. You know, everyone talked about it. And as you, you I mean, you led into it perfectly. It's so well known. Um, such easy access for weight anglers. And, and of course, I was just like everyone else wanted to check it out. And, you know, I just kind of fall in love with that place and immediately, really. Um, and over the years, start guiding and start running days for other folks down the creek. Um, I actually manage a permit for a complete fly fisher. And Got it. the complete fly fisher has um, 50 days up there. And so me personally, I'm on the creek probably um, 20 days or, or more throughout, really kind of focused the month of June. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. that leaks over in the spring and throughout the summer with some wade fishing. But, uh, you know, most of us keep that right in that salmon fly time frame and golden stones in June and higher water floating it. And what a tremendous way to get going down the creek, um, see it all, experience it all. Um, and yeah, it is I, fun. About that. I actually, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fishing uh, um, second to none there. It's, it's kind of spectacular. Um, in terms of how long, actually, I was trying to think about that. Um, I can't remember. I have to go back and look at the files, actually, to see when the first year started um, managing that permit. But it's been it's been many years. Absolutely. And for listeners that aren't aware, Rock Creek, as Russell said, has access uh, via a dirt road up the in entire length, um, all the way to the headwaters, which runs <laughs> Missoula. So at the mouth, uh, exit 126, 21 miles east of Missoula on I-90. Uh, Rock Creek dumps into the Clark Fork right, right there. And you can actually follow that road up for the entirety. And depending on where you read, it's about 52 to 54 miles up to the headwaters. And you can actually then take a cut across to Phillipsburg, Montana. So it not only provides excellent wade access, I mean, it's, it's truly endless. Uh, it also provides you access to Welcome Creek, uh, which is a wilderness area kind of within this, this corridor, so to speak. And not only that, too, in the spring during higher water, Rock Creek has an allotted time that you can float the creek. So that's kind of what, um, you know, the majority of, of your fishing is, correct, Russell? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you are representing one of the most well-known bodies of water within this crown of the continent proposal. And just some statistics, Rock Creek would gain the wild and scenic designation and protection from the Lolo National Forest boundary near Capron Creek. Uh, I think that's like mile 40, all the way to the mouth of the Clark Fork. So this would protect 40 out of, again, the 52 to 54 miles of the main stem of the creek. So, Russell, for those listeners that aren't familiar with this area, can you just give us a, a geographical location, kind of describe, you know, where Rock Creek headwaters and maybe some major tributaries that it picks up along the way? Um, I think you've done that pretty well there. You know, it runs, it kind of parallels the... <laughs> Sapphires there running north, um, 
and um, from the forks, um, you know, you get just maybe just think of it as I walk down the river in my mind here. You know, you have that beautiful meadowy, lots of braids and channels and um, above uh, Veterans Bridge now, the old Gillies Bridge. And, and then you get into the more straighter and cliff sections and meadowy stretches and, and as more tributaries, Ranch Creek and um, such dumps in and Welcome Creek, which you mentioned. In. Um, you get these big boulder gardens and whitewater and pocket water and um, and gets more dense uh, forest on either side um, and all the way down. It's just, um, it, it's moving. That's for sure. Especially in the spring and runoff, mm-hmm. that, that water's moving. <laughs> um, um, but like you mentioned, that famous Rock Creek Road, which I hope never changes. I mean, it's a, it's just a bear, right? On, on your rigs and trailers and, and um, doing it every day. <laughs> but I hope it never changes there. You know, that's one thing. Um, but it's spectacular. There's very little development. There's a couple of pockets of private land within that forest land. Um, but you just don't see that in a lot of places. You can go for miles with seeing nothing but wilderness, water, moose, eagles, osprey. Uh, it's, it's tremendous. It is, and to have access to that so readily available is makes this place even even more special. So, can you provide us a little? I know you talked about the area, but a little bit more description of the the fisheries. Like, what could someone expect or or anticipate if they were going to go fish the creek? <laughs> um, you know, the the creek is so it, it's so accessible. I say it all the time, you know, you drive the creek anywhere that looks like you can pull off and park, you can, and you get down to the creek and and get in. And when it's uh, in its normal, um, let's say, summer flows, you can wade across it. You can wade up it, down it. It is famous for being slick, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) The shapes of the rocks and whatever's on the rocks. um, So there is that. But it, tremendous access, like you said, it's and it's so accessible from um, where we are. In terms of fishing, the fish are eager. Um, they like to eat. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna get uh, for the most part. You're getting quantity over quality. Although, you know, of course, the the quality of the small fish are great. But uh, you know that kind of um, feeling. When you're floating in the in the spring with salmon flies and goldens and mayflies, hundred fish eat your dry fly all day long. It's just spectacular. <laughs> you catch thirty of them, forty of them. You know, it's just you miss a lot. It's it's a lot of action. And I've always said when people ask, where should I take my friend, relative, wife, husband um, to? get started in fly fishing, it is always Rock Creek, Rock Creek, Rock Creek. You cannot, if you cannot have fun on Rock Creek, hang it up. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree to that. And, and the reason why fish are so happy, it's, it has to do with the, the health of the ecosystem. So Rock Creek for us here around Missoula has the greatest trout population. So Russell, when, when folks go to Rock Creek, what 
I know it's home to a variety of species. What what are those? Right. You know, um, right now we're seeing a lot of browns, a lot of cutthroats, uh, West Slope mm-hmm. cutthroats. Um, and what is really cool to me is that more and more rainbows every year. Uh, you know, it used to be that hundred fish, uh, you know, day is, is, a, is a bunch of rainbows and all rainbows. And then, of course, uh, issues like whirling disease took, took uh, the rainbows took a big hit there and browns filled in. And, and um, you know, with Fish Wildlife Parks and the way they're managing it, I think it's uh, we're seeing more better quality, larger, mm-hmm. healthy cutthroats and um, rainbows. And, and it's a great mix up there. Um, but I guess I, I comment on the rainbows because when I first started going up there in 2000 or so, it was like, if, if you caught a rainbow, it was like, wow, right, a rainbow. And uh, <laughs> now it's like, holy smokes, this is a 15, 14, 15, 16-inch rainbow. And more of them and it's it's just for me it's really neat to to see all of that work that's being done balance out the the river and and yeah it's neat to see over time and we didn't mention i don't think the bull trout um mm-hmm. you know having bull trout in your system obviously is is indicative of the quality of water and the quality of the drainage and, and system mm-hmm. and um to to get a bull trout on Rock Creek is really special. It's special anywhere, but um, it you're is. seeing more. You're having more encounters with with bullies up there, and um, it's it, it's always fun. And when you're rolling down the creek and you're catching, you know, you're consistently seeing a you know the smaller fish. Everyone's having a great time, but then all of a sudden, bang! There's a really <laughs> <laughs> nice encounter. As you know, it's nice to see. It is. There is something very special about that. I think it's just kind of, as you said, they are an indicator species, bull trout are. And to see them regaining a stronghold within these ecosystems that, shoot, even 20 years ago, they weren't as healthy of an ecosystem to provide that vitality for the bull trout. So it is It is super cool to see shark attacks on the creek. I've only had a few, but mm-hmm. it, it's something something special. So Rock Creek, though, isn't just an exceptional fishery, but a connected and vital ecosystem. So the cool thing about Rock Creek is, is it supports two of the finest herds of Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep in the world. And it is helping to reestablish our inner mountain west grizzly bear population as well. It is also serving as one of the vital thoroughfares for wildlife between two major areas and two areas that we are highlighting in this podcast the crown of the continent, which is kind of central Montana, home to the Bob Marshall Wilderness, and then to the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. So it's almost like a wildlife highway, so to speak. So, Russell, how do you share important conservation issues facing Montana with clients? I mean, I know on the creek, it's a great platform to kind of explain the history of where Rock Creek has been and how we can protect it. You know, we kind of, we have this great opportunity as guides and outfitters to do that every day for long periods of time. We have, we get a lot of windshield time. We get a lot of time individually with people in the boats 
um, on the river and in these places that we pass by and they're passing by in a moment, you know, as we drive past it or, or float past it or we're, but we're in it. And I think for me, as I move past these places and I'm thinking about it and, and I, you know, here's, uh, you know, this is the old site of the old dam, the mill town that, mm-hmm. um, crucial for the Clark Fork. And then we visit mm-hmm. about, uh, the Clark Fork Coalition and their Herculean effort that, that working with different groups to, um, mm-hmm. see that changes. And you think that didn't impact, impact Rock Creek. I mean, that was massive for Rock Creek and, and the fish to be able to move up the Clark Fork and up Rock Creek and, and all the other tributaries to Clark Fork and Blackfoot, moving up to Blackfoot, talking about the Blackfoot challenge and their model for um, restoring that resource to where it is today and where it's going. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done on all these rivers to get them back to where they were. I think for me, that's how we impact um, the people that that move in and out of our lives on a daily basis. And I think that that's important. And we have, we can serve an important role right there. These people um, become friends and, and, but they travel back home and in their daily lives and jobs. And, you know, this stuff just cascades and that's where I do it. And I think that's where um, if you're not as a guide and as that kind of representative point person on the rivers and in, in, in these wilderness settings, then I think you, you should rethink that. I agree. We, we absolutely do have an extended reach to really impact people and not only put it into perspective for them, but also, you know, get them to understand why they should care about these places. So with that said, Russell, if this bill is passed, the Crown of the Continent proposal, how do you see this area, Rock Creek, benefited from this protection? Um, you know, I think I think that I, I, it takes me back to just over the years of, of saying people ask about the permit up there. And, and mm-hmm. even before I um, was a part of that permitting system um, managed by the Forest Service, you know, I, I agreed with the permit. And I still do. And, and I think that the reason I bring this up is that I think that if that wasn't there, that's just a one, you know, a part of, let's say, of protecting that river and resource. And I, I think it would be ruined. It would just be smashed with people. And right. I think that there have been so many groups and organizations that have put time and energy and effort into our ability to enjoy Rock Creek, the landowners, the businesses, uh, Jug Beck and Ronnie and Dan Beck, his sons and their family, uh, John Snively on the river, uh, Jeff Freeman, Rock Creek Mercantile, Johnny and Carolyn there. I mean, these people, Rock Creek Land Trust, uh, Five Valley Land Trust, I think that this would provide another layer in the framework for these people to to help mm-hmm. protect the creek. And and for me, that's where it, it comes back to the grassroots, giving the support to the people that need it to protect that river. Absolutely. Not only for folks right now, but for future generations as well. It's 
hugely important. Absolutely. Kind of piggybacking off of that, can you share a quick story kind of off the top of your head in which a client demonstrated conservation ethics? And I mean that via your teaching. So kind of a proud guide moment. It doesn't even have to be a client. I know that you have two fabulous kiddos that are, you know, (laughs) conservationists in training. Um, But just a a moment in which your conservation ethics or something you shared with someone had an impactful experience. I got a comment on my kids. Just as soon as you said that, I thought of them when they were, you know, small, six, seven years old, and we're creeks lower, and we're floating down the creek with two little rods. It's just spectacular. Um, But I think that... Maybe less of a moment, but more of a process. I don't know. Um, I mm-hmm. we have this wonderful family that have grown a client, you know, but have grown to be family friends. And he brings his family out for months at a time to Missoula, and they fish absolutely everywhere. Rock Creek is one of their favorites to go wake fishing. The whole the whole family, grandparents, parents grandchildren. Watched them grow grow up over the years, and I will mention her name, Adrian, um, from the time she was small, and you saw it in her eyes, in the boat, and fishing, and her attention to what's around her, and the fish themselves, and the water, and the mountains, and everything. Well, over time, she wants to work in the fly shop. She wants to become a guide uh, in, in Montana. They're from Mississippi, and, and um, she ends up going to college and then to grad school and teaching and sends me research papers and um, becomes a, a part of Vital Ground, a, a board member of Vital Ground, um, which you mentioned some of the grizzly um pathways mm-hmm. through our area and linkage linkages for those and, and their work on that. And, you know, all of her work, PhD and grad school and all this, it's all centered around the dates, the little common dates and a little tiny fish. And she's out in all these tributaries everywhere she's been in New Orleans at Tulane and back in, in, in Mississippi. And, and uh, I just love Thinking about her process, and she was a young child, and now into the, the, uh, this wonderful professor, and uh, and I, I like to think that those days on the on the water, turning over rocks when she was small, looking at bugs, and, and you know, together, um, maybe I had a part of that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That is. That would be a really neat, as you said, a process to see over time. And how special that you got to witness that and facilitate it. <laughs> it is. It that is, is uh, awesome. I think we have the best job out there. To... <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty darn good one. I, I agree. Lastly, Russell, if you had a message for folks right now or could encourage others that are listening to take action, what would that be? Get involved. Um, and mm-hmm. probably more importantly, stay involved, um, whatever yeah. that looks like in, in your situation or, or your world, um, big or small. I have to comment now. I mean, I really appreciate what you're doing, Kinsley, with, with these podcasts and, and, and every, everything you do. I, I see it and um, I do oh, appreciate thank you. it. 
well, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> Always a pleasure to see you on the water, Kinsley. Sam Russell, thank you so much for representing <laughs> one of the most important components to this Crown of the Continent proposal. So I really appreciate you sharing your experience, donating your time. I thank you again. Thank you. Take care. From all of us here at Montanans for Healthy Rivers, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about the Crown of the Continent proposal, the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act, and to join our efforts, please visit healthyriversmt.org to add your endorsement.